Today on The Friday Fix. Unfortunately, when times are good, that's the time that people should digitally transform. But human nature being what it is, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And people don't transform when they should. Welcome to The Friday Fix. I'm Ellie Williamson, head of TMT at Powers Court. Today, we welcome Sir Martin Sorrell. He needs little introduction in business, but for those of you who haven't been paying attention for the five decades he spent in advertising and marketing, he started his career in 1977 as CFO of Saatchi & Saatchi Company. Starting in 1985, he founded and built WPP to become the world's largest advertising business in its heyday. His latest venture, S4 Capital, founded in 2018, puts him at the helm of a new era, digital advertising, marketing, and technology services powerhouse. His careful scrutiny of the economic environment and insight into the behavior of clients have earned him the nickname, the Sage of Soho. So we feel we have license to range fairly widely in our questions today. Sir Martin, we're not in recession yet in the UK, but business confidence isn't looking good. What are your assumptions for the economy here and elsewhere this year, and how are you planning for them in your business? Thanks, Ellie. Thanks for the opportunity and thanks to Powers Court and Rory and everybody else. I think the UK is a bit of a disaster and I don't think it will come out of the doldrums for a significant period of time. So if I look at where we operate in 32 countries, used to be 33, but obviously we pulled out of Russia. I would say the UK has probably amongst the poorest prospects. Generally, economically in the UK, I think things are extremely difficult. I think we're going to have a very difficult winter. We've already started to have a difficult winter. And I think I woke up this morning and saw last night that we're now going to have strikes in universities in February, March, I think it is. So the background to uh, industrial activity and service activity is very tough. We've got the prospect of an election in, what, 18 months, two years' time. The government seems to be very short-term focused. It has issues to deal with like Nadim Zahawi, uh, Richard Sharp, seatbelts and, and things like that. So I think it's, it's a, a very, very difficult environment. But in the context of Europe, probably the prospects for France, Germany, Italy and Spain, which are the other four principal economies in, in Europe, are similarly difficult. Uh, as to when things will get better, I mean, I, having been a, a, a Remainer, uh, accepted the will of the people, but it, it has set us back significantly, I think, in terms of industrial and economic growth. And the policies that have been put in place have not really stimulated the switch in export activity that was needed post-Brexit. Post-Brexit, what we should be doing is focusing not just on Europe, but switching our focus to North and South America, to the Middle East and Africa and Asia Pacific. Easy to say, I know, but uh, difficult to do. But until the government really focuses long term, and I think uh, the Prime Minister is is in a, a little bit of an electoral trap in that he has to focus on the short term. There's a question, I, I guess, in his mind about the long term. We saw that last week in the Alps and in Davos. And Grant Shapps had a vision for as business secretary, but really very little in terms of policy detail to get us there. So I hate to be gloomy. We'd like to be, be, be cheerful and, and full of uh, hidden promise. But I, I, I can't be anything but realistic about it. Yeah, not easy listening for our audience who yep. aren't all in the UK, but many are. If there's practical advice you could give, what marketing strategies do you think businesses should adopt in this environment? 
there are two things I think that CEOs, CMOs, chief sales officers, CIOs, CTOs, CFOs, and chief procurement officers should be thinking about. One is performance and activation. In a tough economy, which is growing world economy, I think the World Bank and and others have taken their forecast for 23 up a little bit, maybe to one and a half, two percent. And maybe for 24, a little bit better. I think people are a little bit more bullish on 24. But in that environment where top line growth is difficult to come by, the need for performance and activation, lower down the funnel, as we call it, is of paramount importance. So concentrating on volume growth. You may not be able to get the price growth, the price, the pricing that you got in the last year, in 22 and before. I mean, some of our clients were getting 30% price lifts in the last 18 months. Given that inflation is falling, I doubt very much whether you'll be able to get the similar price increases. So we'll be looking, I think, to work with clients on performance and activation to get volume growth and sales growth. So that's one. And aligned with that, the focus on data and analytics, uh, on ROI, return on investment, on media mix modeling. In other words, you know, how much should I be investing in digital, which is by and large easier to measure and lower absolute costs, so probably more attractive in a recessionary environment. So that's one thing. And then the second thing is accelerating digital transformation because margins will be under pressure, commodity prices and input costs and supply chain difficulties have driven costs up. And in that environment, although the pressure may be lessening a little bit as we go through 2023, the need to digitally transform to reduce costs in the marketing area, that's between the marketing, the sales and the IT functions. So bringing those three things together. So you bring the CMO, the CSO, the chief sales officer, the CIO, the CTO together, and they negotiate with procurement and finance who in a recession or in a slower economic growth get more power. And the CEO tends to listen more to them. Negotiating with procurement and finance to accelerate digital transformation to reduce costs. So I think those are the two things, you know, I'm talking our own book here because that's what we do. We focus on the marketing, sales and IT functions and try and move forward. Unfortunately, when times were good, that's the time that people should digitally transform. But human nature being what it is, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And people don't transform when they should. So the change agents tend to get more oxygen during times like this. So that's the thing. So in summary, focus on volume and growth through performance and activation and reducing costs through digital transformation. It's interesting, the the idea of putting more into innovation in difficult times. Do you think there's a temptation on the part of business leaders to go against that and to underinvest? And if so, what are the risks? Naturally, there is. I mean, the higher power score to guide them, in part to guide them through, you know, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4 earnings. And, you know, simple the fact of the matter is that, you know, it's a bit like Davos last week. People were more optimistic on top of the mountain. When you come off the mountain, you have to deal with Q1, Q2, etc. So, you know, the double is in the detail and the rise of activism in the last few weeks. You know, we've had three or four major big companies coming under pressure, Disney, Google, Meta, obviously, coming under pressure from activists. And there were some interesting reports. I think Lazard issued a report last week where you know, a number of activist activities uh, has increased sharply. And I think you will start to see more of that. So the pressure on CEOs, I mean, the rotation of CEOs, average life of a 
FTSE 100 CEOs about five years now and, and dropping. And the average life of a CMO is probably around 18 months, two years. So the pressure on senior management is intensifying. So those two things that I mentioned, performance and cost, uh, you know, improving volume, uh, volume and pricing and performance on the top line and reducing costs, whatever they say about sustainability and purpose and long term, are still focused on the short term. That's how they get paid. That's the basis on which that they they suck in capital for for management. And so it's it's the way of the world. They account for about twenty or twenty five percent of of activity. And probably its market may be a little bit less, 15 to 20 percent, but is a sucking in more and more money to, to do deals, doesn't have those constraints. But it is still relatively short term. I mean, the average hold period is, what, three or four years, maybe even less. And in those circumstances, they're looking for short term gains as well, but in a private environment, which probably makes it easier. I mean, the, the, the listed CEO is subject to the, the searchlight and scrutiny of the press and the media and therefore it makes it more difficult. I was interested in your view that there was a lack of detail in our government proposals at Davos. And yeah. I, it would be interesting to hear what you would ask government to do to help support business today. Well, yeah, yeah, I think it's very difficult for them because they have a two-year fuse and there's very little that you can get done in two years. I don't think it's a slam dunk for Keir Starmer you know, they were there in Dallas last week. Um, you know, it, it's really the Blair, the Blair Brown Mandelson playbook. Uh, you can see their their hand behind it all, and it's probably the right playbook, which is a charm offensive for business because business is worried that the Labour Party might be more difficult to deal with. It's a bit like Republican and the Democrats. I mean, the, the simple fact of the matter is that the Tories are better and have been historically better for business and they probably will be in the future. So Labour's challenge with business is to prove that they are more friendly. And Keir Starmer and Rachel Reeves might well be the, the case, but the big issue, I mean, Labour is a coalition, just like many parties. And the question is whether the other parts of the Labour Party that maybe aren't as refreshed by, by the prospect of coordinating with business may not be as uh, open and conducive to it. But, you know, I think... They, they did the right thing. On the other side, the, the Tories have got very limited period to act, and it's a very difficult period. I think a journalist contacted me last night to say that government borrowing had, rather like the US, had the highest level of government borrowing ever. Something like did, 99% of GDP? Yeah, which, which uh, no, I, think we might, I think it was more than that, actually. And, and what did that mean? And uh, the natural thing is, well, it means higher taxes in the short term, which I'm not against. I mean, I think if we have to pay more for the, the quotes-unquote standard of living that we, we have and the services that we need, so be it in the short term. But we have to have a plan for what I call the sunny uplands. Um, you know, if you know, in situations like these, in difficult situations, you can, you can be very open with people, either in a company or in a country, as to the difficulties but you have to give them a vision of what it's going to be. You know, why go through the hardship, right? And we haven't had that as yet. Now, it's the obvious. It's, again, apple pie and motherhood. I mean, it's investment in education. It's investment in innovation, R&D. It's investment in infrastructure, both hard and soft. I mean, it's not just about 
railways and roads and, and bridges. I mean, it's about investment in software and IP. Uh, so it's all of the above, but we just really haven't had that. I think um, Rishi Sunak has got his hands full. Uh, he gets these diversions around these, these problems with ministers and chairman of the party and etc., which divert his attention. It's a bit like Elon Musk you know, having his litigation uh, over, over Twitter when he has Tesla to run, same thing. And so he gets diverted from it. And you would think, actually, given his background, that setting a plan and developing a plan was very much meat and drink to him. You know, he's a sort of a, a technocrat, and I think the right man for the, for the times. You know, we, we don't want flashy Johnson. We want, we want a sound Sunak to deliver in the short term and develop a plan for the long term. So I'm somewhat surprised that he's laid out a, a vision in one speech, but he hasn't laid out a detailed plan about how we're going to get there. And I think the reason for it is he quite simply is overwhelmed by the, the, the current difficulties. And laying on top of that, the political stuff, you know, having to deal with all the nonsense uh, that's going on at the moment. So I think it makes it very difficult. It's very easy to, 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 to carp from the sidelines. And, but I think, I think that the, the country's prepared to go through difficult times as long as they see the way through. So it's a bit like those Chilean miners that were trapped underground. You know, the, the president of Chile said, well, you know, we'll get them out dead or alive. He actually said dead or alive. Um, um, and he actually managed to do it um, extraordinarily because, because everybody said they're all going to die and they didn't. So when you have a crisis like that, you know, you set a goal, which is what he did, get them out. And then he proceeded to lay out in detail how it gets done. We haven't had the detail yet. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time Pleasure. and your thoughts, Martin.